Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. So today we are in week two of our sermon series called Simply Jesus. And remember what we're doing in this series is learning a paradigm or way of thinking about Jesus that is meant to take all the confusion we've all experienced when trying to make sense of who Jesus is and what that means for our lives and make it simple. So last week, and to jump right into this series, we used Jesus' proclamation about who he was and what he came to accomplish in the Gospel of Luke to introduce the Jesus paradigm. And what we learned from Jesus proclaiming these words, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor was this. And it's simple. At the top of this diagram, there's a straight line that runs all the way across the page. And what that line represents is the way things are supposed to be or the way God created things to be in the beginning. Then on the left-hand side of the page is another line that descends in a diagonal way towards the bottom of the page. And what that line represents is the fall or what happened to things after we as human beings chose to walk away from God. But then there in the middle of the diagram, in all of its glory, you see the name Jesus with a red arrow coming down. And what that line represents is how God stepped down out of his existence to become one of us to respond to the fall. Which means the dotted line that starts with Jesus and is diagonally moving back towards the top of the page, that is the line that represents what Jesus came to do. And what Jesus came to do, very simply put, is to take this world as it is in all of its fallenness and all of its brokenness and all of its sinful evilness and start to get things back on track. Or to do the work of restoring, fixing, healing, and saving all that has gone wrong in this world and in our lives by causing his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Or that is the Jesus paradigm. And really, I believe, in a general sense, it is that simple. It's that simple to understand who Jesus is and what he came to do in the world. But now that you're starting to get the gist of how this paradigm brings some clarity to Jesus and his ministries, what we are going to do starting today, and then we'll kind of run with through the rest of this series, is to get into how every part of Jesus' life fits into this paradigm in particular ways. Starting with everybody's favorite topics, healings and exorcisms, right? Everybody loves to talk about this stuff. It's strange, it's weird, we don't see it very often, we believe it happens, so it's, it's really interesting. So, what you'll discover very quickly when you read the gospel stories about Jesus, which is something if you haven't done before, you need to do it because it will transform your entire life. Is that a huge part of what Jesus came to do was to heal 
and to cast out demons. Or to give you an overview of Jesus' ministry of healing and exorcism, let me walk you through a couple of my favorites so you can get a gist of this very important part of Jesus' ministry. So, episode one begins in Luke 7, 11. It says this, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went with him. Or, in this particular episode of the Gospel of Luke, what we find Jesus doing is what he does in the first part of his ministry. He's traveling all over the area of the Galilee, proclaiming the kingdom of God with signs and wonders. And as he's doing that, he comes to the village of Nain. And as he approached the gate of the town, a man who had died was being carried out. His mother's only son, and she was a widow. And with her was a large crowd from the town. Or, on arriving at the city limits of Nain, Jesus and his followers happened to come across this tragic sight. A funeral procession of a man who seemingly lost his life at a very, very young age. But what makes this particular death even more tragic is that not only has a mother lost her son, but it's also the case that this mother has lost the ability to provide for herself. Or the reason why Luke goes on and gives us this little detail about this mother being a widow is because at that time, for the most part, women were not allowed to work outside of the home and so were dependent on male family members to provide for their every need. So this poor woman, who has already lost her husband, is not only dealing with the world-shattering event of losing a child, and let's be honest, it doesn't get any worse than losing a child is now also facing a life without support. And what usually happens to women like this in the ancient world is that they either have to turn to prostitution or to slavery just to survive. Or this is the tragedy and the uncertainty that Jesus and his followers walk into as they make their way to the village of Nain. But amazingly, amazingly, this is how Jesus responds to this particular problem. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion for her and said, do not weep. Or the way that Jesus responds to this particular tragedy is by being filled with compassion for the plight of this mother. And then out of that place of suffering with this woman, because that's what compassion means, to suffer with, Jesus speaks these words, and they're strange words in the context. Do not weep. Do not weep. Don't cry. Don't be sad. Which is very strange to say to a woman that has just lost her son, don't weep. Because what else is she supposed to do in that situation? Isn't that the way you're supposed to respond? Well, the reason Jesus says that is because he then goes on to do this. He then came forward and touched the buyer, and all the bearers stood still, and he said, young man, I say to you, arise. Young man, I say to you, arise. And here's the crazy thing. The dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. 
That's right. What Jesus does here by just touching a casket and speaking the words, I say to you, arise, is to bring a man who was dead as a doornail back to life. Not only giving this mother her son back, but also providing for this woman for the rest of her life. Problem solved, right? Problem solved. Episode 2 begins. He went to Capernaum, a city in Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. They were astounded at his teaching because he spoke with authority. Or like what was going on in our first episode, what we find Jesus doing here is traveling all over the area of the Galilee, proclaiming the kingdom of God. And in this particular episode, he is proclaiming the kingdom of God within the synagogue at Capernaum. But, What happens as Jesus is standing in this synagogue proclaiming this good news to all those people who are sitting on the edge of their seats is that this craziness breaks out. In the synagogue, there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon and he cried out with a loud voice, let us alone. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, I don't know how you make sense of the demonic in that you either believe this is a literal account of what happened or you make sense of it as the way pre-scientific people made sense of mental illness. Well, either way you slice it, what's going on here is absolutely bananas. It's absolutely crazy because a man is clearly out of his mind causing a huge commotion within this synagogue during a worship service. Or just imagine something like that happen in one of our services here. I mean, it would disrupt absolutely everything. So what Jesus does in response to this particular problem or to this evil that has taken over this man's life is this. Jesus rebuked him saying, be silent and come out of him. Be silent and come out of him. When the demon had thrown him down before them, he came out of him without having done any harm to him. Or Jesus, by just speaking this rebuke, causes this man who was clearly out of his mind to be completely and totally set free of that power that had taken over his life. Again, problem solved. So, Now that we've had a chance to walk through some examples of Jesus' healing and exorcism, let me now briefly walk walk you through these stories again so you can begin to see that really all Jesus is doing through these particular acts in a general sense is taking the world as it is or taking these people's lives as they were in all of their fallenness and making things right again. That's all that's going on. So with the widow who lost her son and with the man who was possessed by a demon, it is clearly the case that what is going on in the lives of these two people is evil. And that this was not something God intended or wanted for these people. And that they're suffering and all of that kind of stuff. That's not what God wanted, but instead is an evil and a suffering that has happened as a result of the fall or a result of the world not being what it's supposed to be. So what Jesus does in response to these particular problems is he comes in and he makes things right. 
or for the widow who lost her son and her livelihood, what it looks like for the world to be made right in her circumstance was for Jesus to give her her son back so she could have her son and her life back. And that's exactly what Jesus does by raising this young man from the dead. Then in the case of the man who was possessed by a demon, what it looks like to make the world right in his circumstance is for Jesus to set him free of this entity that had taken over his entire existence, which is exactly what Jesus does by saying, be silent and come out of him. The final outcome being that before Jesus showed up into these people's lives, they were not even close to what they were supposed to be because they were filled with evil, destruction, and death. And what Jesus did by going into those places, by encountering that darkness, was he simply made things right again. Which is not only what Jesus did in these two particular episodes, but it's what Jesus did through every healing and exorcism he ever performed. And when you think about it, it's what still happens today as people continue to be healed and set free through the power of God. And all because this is what Jesus came to do. This is what Jesus is all about. This is why God came into the world to take our lives, our world, as they are, and to make things right in almost every area of our lives. And yes, again, it really is that simple. Let us pray. Father, we come before you again this morning, wrestling with this idea of the Jesus paradigm. And so our prayer is that you will open us up to understanding that this really is a simpler way to kind of wrap our brain around everything Jesus was and all that he did. Seeing that in healings and exorcisms and his proclamation to the world that what he is proclaiming is that he has come to make things right. So Lord, as we move forward, as we continue on in this paradigm, and as we go back out into the world to live this, to follow Jesus, help us to understand and in turn live what it is that Jesus came into the world to do, to take the world as it is and begin to make things right. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.